Maybe seated. So for preaching this morning, we are continuing to walk through the book of Acts. We've made our way all the way to chapter 14. Um, And as a slight review, the book of Acts is the story of the early church spreading the kingdom of God into the very ends of the earth. And in the last couple weeks, we've been hearing about the transformation of Paul, who used to be Saul. And about 14 years before our message for this morning, he was radically converted and began to be a disciple for the Lord. And we've seen him trek on his first missionary journey with Barnabas. And so we're picking up with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey in chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. This is on page 1715. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So, Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. And the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them, and to stone them. But they found out about it, and they fled to the Lysanian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. Joel, can I get the next slide, please? So this morning, I want to begin by telling a story, and it's a story about other missionaries, not Paul and Barnabas, but it's another set of missionaries named John and Jesse Perkins. Now, John and Jesse Perkins lived in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, and John and Jesse sat down in front of the Lord and said, Lord, what are we called to do? And the Lord made clear to John and Jesse that they were to be missionaries and that they were to be missionaries to the continent of Africa. So they continued to inquire of the Lord, Lord, where in Africa? Because Africa is a pretty large place. And the Lord made clear that they were to be missionaries to the country of Liberia. Now the Lord gave no further clarification as to where in Liberia they're supposed to go because Liberia is still a pretty big country. But by faith... John and Jesse Perkins got on board a ship, a steamer, and headed across the ocean to get to Africa. Now, unbeknownst to them, over in Liberia, there was a man named Jasper Toe. And Jasper, though he was raised in tribal religion, was a God-fearing man who knew somewhere deep inside that there was a God and there was something more. And so one night, he cried out to the heavens and he said, God, if you are real... Tell me about you. Show me you. 
And God replied by saying, Jasper, I need you to hike out seven days journey to Galloway Beach. And there's going to be a box on the water that sends out another box. And that box is going to tell you about me. So Jasper heads out and hikes seven days into the jungle and ends up at Galloway Beach. And what does he see out in the water but a great big box of a steamer ship where John and Jesse Perkins are standing. And as John and Jesse Perkins are looking out over this beach, the Lord says, here, you need to get off the boat here. So they look to the captain and they say, Captain, this is it. Pack our bags, put it on the rowboat, we are done, this is home. And the captain says, no way. This place is infested with cannibals. If I let you out here, you're going to die. I'm never going to see you ever again. And you cannot get off this boat. You see, John and Jesse had been given clear direction. They had been told where to go. And they were coming to bring the kingdom realities of God and all of his goodness into the country of Liberia. And as we've been talking about, as we walk through the book of Acts, when the kingdom of God advances, what happens? There is a kingdom clash, and the enemy comes in and tries to stop or thwart the going out of the gospel. And so there is a mountain standing in the way of this trail that John and Jesse are called to blaze, and it is called fear. Fear. Can I get the next slide, Joel? Now, fear is a mountain that we all know well, and fear is a mountain that Paul and Barnabas knew well. Now, we're going to keep this running metaphor of of how the Lord calls us to hike a trail for his kingdom and how there are mountains that always come and stand in the way with kingdom clash. And I realize that's a little corny, but I just need you to stick with me because it'll work out. So we've got Paul and Barnabas who had both spent considerable time abiding in the Lord. We know that there's at least 14 years between when Paul is converted to when he goes out and starts preaching. He's abiding with the Lord. And we learn back in Acts chapter 14 that together with the brothers and sisters in Antioch, there had been a time of fasting and a time of worship, a time of inquiring of the Lord that had resulted in Paul and Barnabas being designated to bring the gospel to this area of Asia Minor. They had inquired of the Lord what their kingdom trail was to blaze. The Lord had given them a trail, and they went off. Now, so far, everywhere that Paul and Barnabas have gone, there have been mountains. Now, if you remember when we went to Cyprus, there was this man named Bar-Jesus, who was a sorcerer, who created all kinds of obstacles for them as they went. This is a mountain. When they got to Pisidian Antioch, where we were yesterday or last week, there was all kinds of opposition from the people there in that city. But we learn at the end of chapter 13 that Paul and Barnabas, though they had been opposed left, right, and everywhere, were still full of the Holy Spirit, full of joy, blazing that trail, and they head over to Iconium. And Paul and Barnabas do what they always do, and they start preaching in the Jewish synagogue. And this is crazy within itself, because as they've been going on their journey, the problems that they occur almost always start in that synagogue. And so it would be very easy to just avoid the synagogue. We can avoid the problem, but the trail is blazed that they are to first preach the gospel to God's chosen people and then advance out 
into the Gentile community. And so they go to this synagogue and they preach. And this great big mountain of the rejection of the gospel and the resulting opposition comes crashing down. They can see the trail in front of them and these mountains are in the way. Now, as we've been walking through the book of Acts, we've been encouraging one another to inquire of the Lord as to what our role and what our place is in the kingdom of God. What is our trail? What are we called to do? And now many of us who have asked that question have been given indications of what we're supposed to do. But there has been opposition and mountains that have come to stand in the way. And whenever mountains come and stand in the way, the enemy loves to multiply them. Can I get the next slide, please? Now, when you look at a mountain range, from far away, it looks like we've got, what, like five to ten peaks, and they're pretty flat, right? But has anybody ever hiked in the mountains? What happens when you get up there? Can I get the next slide? Okay, they go on and on and on and on, okay? So Paul and Barnabas have this opposition and this rejection, which is very easily could give birth to mountains of fear. Because what we learn in our text for this morning is that these people are angry. So the word here for poisoned is to actually turn evil. So the opposition of the gospel here is enraged. These people are angry and they are violent and they want to stone Paul and Barnabas. And so this mountain of fear starts to peak. Now think about this in our own lives. Maybe the Lord has called us to blaze a trail of making time for him in the morning. It's a, it's a pretty easy trail, you would think, right? But that first mountain comes and lands like a Tonka truck and it's called the alarm clock right? It's hard to get up. And then when you get up, there might be the multiplying mountain of being overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to read. I don't know how to make this time useful. And the mountains just continue to multiply. The Lord is given a trail and the enemy just wants to come in and make it hard. Maybe the Lord has called you to blaze a trail of evangelism. This has been a huge charge with the City Fest movement. And that big old mountain that stands in the middle for most of us between me and evangelism is fear, right? We talked about this last week. We don't know what to say. We don't know how people are going to respond to us. Maybe the Lord has called us specifically to evangelize our neighbors, and then comes the multiplying mountains of time. Maybe I don't mow my lawn at the same time as my neighbor, so then I don't have to evangelize, right? The mountains just keep on multiplying. Maybe the Lord has called us to step out in crazy ways, to move or to quit a job. And again, you've got that great big mountain of fear. And right behind it, you've got mountains of financial provision. You've got mountains of doubt that this is actually what you're supposed to do and that the Lord is actually going to provide. And all too easy, whenever the Lord gives us a trail, it can be so simple to just quit. And to give up because that mountain is just too big. But Paul and Barnabas did not quit. They don't quit. 
And Luke tells us exactly what happens. Can I get the next slide, Joel? So it says, But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned or turned evil their minds against the brothers. So this is the mountain, right? So, says Luke, because of this mountain, Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. They stick around. They hang out there. And they do two things there. They speak boldly for the Lord who confirmed his message of grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. This is a side note, but it requires grace to preach to a crowd in which half of them want to stone you. It's a lot of grace. It's a message of grace, and it is preached in grace, and it is preached boldly. And the Lord honors that boldness with signs and with wonders that melt that mountain. Can I get the next slide, please? Now, this should remind us of a prayer that was prayed way back in Acts chapter 4. Do you remember this? In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John had been taken prisoner, taken captive by the Sanhedrin. And because of a miracle that they did in the crowd's approval, they were released under threat. And so the believers got together and they prayed because they saw this mountain of perpetual threat and they learned right then and there that mountain moving is born in prayer. And so they pray, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Mountain moving was born in this prayer. Paul and Barnabas, in the face of this mountain and this opposition, keep on preaching boldly. They are equipped with boldness. Mountain moving is born in prayer. It is mobilized through boldness. And it is fueled through faith. We see this all over scripture. Evan actually named it this morning in his testimony, right? The children of Israel are getting ready to leave Egypt. They have prayed for deliverance. They have prayed for guidance and for a way out. The Lord provides a way out, and then they're standing in front of this mountain of a sea. And the Lord says, be bold, step into this sea. And they step into this sea, and what happens? The sign and wonder of a split sea. The children of Israel under the leadership of Joshua go into the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan, and what stands in their way but this big old city of Jericho. And the Lord says, "Step out and be bold. You got to walk around this city." Now this makes no logical sense. Sometimes we leave this in fairy tale land and just kind of ignore how bizarre it is. But just think about this. Walk around this city and it will fall. And they walk around this city and what happens? But the Lord shows up in signs and in wonders. When the Lord shows you a trail, he will ask you to step out in boldness. And he will show up with signs and with wonders. So where does this leave John and Jesse Perkins standing on the bow of that ship, terrified of cannibals and of the wilderness and of the unknown? 
They looked at their captain and they said, Captain, I know this is crazy, but you've got to put our trunks in that rowboat and we're coming down. This is where we're going. So they got in that rowboat and Jasper stood on that beach and watched one big box send out another little box. And that boat rowed into the beach where John and Jesse Perkins met Jasper. And neither of them spoke the same language, but they followed Jasper several days into the jungle to his village. And the kingdom of God was brought into the country of Liberia. Boldness. Signs and wonders. Because here's the deal, you guys. If we have asked the Lord what our role is, what our trail is, if we have asked them, he begins doing something really beautiful. And he tells us what that trail is, and he begins to equip us with the boldness and the rooting that we need to step out in it. And there are mountains, right? There are schedules that keep us from abiding. There are mountains of finances that keep us from stepping out. There are fears that might keep us from bold obedience. Sometimes we are our own obstacle and there's insecurity and doubt within us that keeps us from moving forward. But Jesus has some really helpful things to say about those mountains that stand in our way. Mark 11:23 tells us, Jesus said this to a crowd, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that they believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Prayer moves mountains. Boldness moves mountains. Similarly in Matthew, Matthew 17, 20 says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Because nothing will be impossible for you. Faith-filled prayers that are backed with the authority of Jesus, that mobilize in bold steps of obedience result in beautiful things. They result in kingdom things. So that takes us back to Paul and Barnabas, who continue to preach boldly. Now this mountain of opposition may have succeeded in sending Paul and Barnabas out of the city of Iconium, but church history tells us that the city of Iconium became a hub for kingdom activity into Asia Minor. If you remember that map from before, The church in Iconium sent people out into Asia Minor and was abuzz with kingdom activity for the next centuries. The Lord moved that mountain enough for the kingdom of God to take root, for the kingdom of God to be advanced. And so I think that brings us to us and to some really important questions. Now, I believe that as we've been walking through Kingdom of Acts, and it's been reinforced more and more in me, that every single person here has a trail to blaze for the kingdom. It might be a smaller trail first. It might be a big trail that's terrifying. It might even be a couple of trails. But the Lord has something for you to do for his kingdom and for his glory. 
And he has given you all authority in heaven and on earth to blaze that trail. But the enemy is going to come in. He's going to plant mountains in your way. And he's going to try to multiply those mountains. And he's going to try to limit you from stepping forward. And I think this morning the Lord is inviting us to identify those mountains and to tell them to move. To tell them to move. Do you need time? Step out boldly and create some and ask the Lord to hold everything else. Do you need money? Ask the Lord to provide and step out boldly before it shows up. What do we need? What stands in the way? Prayer and bold obedience. So as we close, I just want to leave you with this phrase and let it soak over you. Mountain moving is born in prayer. It is mobilized through boldness. And it is fueled with faith. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And I want to pray for us. So we're going to pray. And then as the worship team sings this song, I want to invite you to join them in singing. And I also want to invite you to inquire of the Lord as to what he might be calling you to step into this morning. So will you pray with me? Lord, I marvel that you have kingdom purposes for all of us. Lord, and I marvel at the way that you move through our acts of obedience, and I marvel at the way that we can call on your name to move mountains for us. So, Lord, I pray would you um, flesh out for us what that trail is if we don't know yet. Would you give us direction? Would you give us clarification? Would you give us confirmation? And, Lord, I pray would you give us boldness to step out? Would you give us increased faith to move wherever you ask us to. In Jesus' name, amen.